as we know. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hardware Podcast. My name is Jackson Danner alongside my co-host Omar Borja. We are going to go over uh, some week two players of the week. We've got down and get a little bit into these uh, these awards. So how are you feeling this week? I'm excited. A bit of a low-key week, but uh, there are some scorchers still on the schedule. I mean, I'm not sure how much America wins with Bo Nix versus Sean Clifford on primetime, but, you know, we'll see. It could be good. So drink that Milo's. Oh, yeah. Drink that Milo's sweet tea. Uh, and, uh, man, at least it's a, at least it's a, uh, interconference whiteout. That is kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah. I saw that the last time that Auburn beat Penn state, which I mean, it's not like they play every year. Um, was Bo Nix's dad actually was the quarterback. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a little bit, something to chew on there. I'm sure ESPN and ABC will only mention it 15 times. So pretty cool to at least uh, know that a little bit before Saturday. So, yeah, man. But uh, I think we're going to get into our week two players of the week. Omar, I will go ahead and give you a first dibs at, uh, at quarterback. Who yeah. All right. So I'm going to go with the guy that's familiar to our podcast in the spring. And I bet you can guess the reigning Walter Payton Award winner, Cole Kelly. And he is making a huge case for a repeat against Louisiana Tech. He had four, it went 44 for 59 for 495 yards, three touchdowns, 14 carries, 42 yards, and two touchdowns. So this man was a part of 73 plays in that game. And Southeastern, Southeastern Louisiana lost 45 to 42, but a very strong showing. It's usually solid Louisiana Tech program. Cole Kelly's making a very solid case for um, back for back-to-back Walter Payton awards. Uh, I can only think of Eric Barrier coming close at the moment with uh, that win against UNLV week one. Um, so Cole Kelly making a strong case. And what's interesting, I, I found out today that he transferred from Arkansas. And you look at that Arkansas offense right now with Sam Pittman. Uh, they got they got their big quarterback out there. Uh, I mean, his name escapes me right now because I only saw the highlights of the game. But he's big guy, runs the ball almost like Cole Kelly. Um, KJ Jefferson, um, you know, big guy. Just imagine Cole Kelly, about the same size. I mean, same build, 6'7", 240. Uh, in that offense, running the ball as well, throwing it to you. It, it's just crazy to imagine. So Cole Kelly's my my quarterback, my first quarterback for this week. I don't know what it is with Arkansas and big quarterback, big quarterbacks. With that Cole Kelly and then Felipe Franks was there a couple of years ago too. Uh, he was a pretty big dude. So yeah, I mean that's uh, that's awesome to see. We don't talk enough uh, enough Cole Kelly or FCS on this show. So uh, yeah, that's definitely he had a strong performance. I mean, if he keeps that up. Why not back-to-back ones? I don't know when the last time that was done, but I know it's been done before. Um, Find out by the end of the pod. <laughs> I'm going to go with Brennan Armstrong, uh, a quarterback from Virginia, uh, 27 to 36, 405 yards, five touchdowns and a pick uh, last week in a 42-14 win over Illinois. And we're going to get to see him duel uh, Sam Howe this weekend. So that's going to be awesome to see right there on the ACC Network. Yeah, that'll be an exciting game for uh, ACC Coastal. Like, that's honestly, that could be one of the big games of the year for the AC- ACC Coastal. And it, it looks more exciting than usual because you got Vatech, UVA, and UNC already. Especially since Vatech already beat North Carolina. That makes it 
really interesting. Otherwise, I think we just go ahead and hand this to North Carolina. But yeah, that's going to be awesome to see. Who's your uh, Who's your second quarterback that you got? You're gonna You're gonna hate me for this. Uh, honorable mention to uh, Merrimack quarterback, which I I had him pulled up earlier on. Um, but I, you know, I have to give credit where credits due. Even though Merrimack upset Holy Cross at Fitton Field in the home opener. Uh, Weston Elliott, a Louisiana Tech transfer, threw for 259 yards and two touchdowns in Merrimack's first win over a ranked team. So I'll give them, I'll give them credit there. But my next guy is a man that uh, I think Jackson's going to cringe whenever I say this name. But Terry Wilson, Kentucky, Kentucky quarterback, <laughs> who had two wins against Florida, he's found new life. And I'll be honest, I didn't expect this out of Terry Wilson, but he threw for 381 yards against New Mexico State in the Rio Grande rivalry, 382 yards in the Rio Grande rivalry and, and had three touchdowns, no interceptions. The offense looks like it's working well down there. Granted, it's against New Mexico State, but New Mexico State always brings their best against um, against the, the Lobos. Uh, it, it was competitive, 34-25 win, but I'm excited to see like Terry Wilson actually like not depending on, on a running game with a, like you know, as we as we saw with Benny Snell. At, at Kentucky, but honestly, I didn't. Th- I didn't think Scary Terry had this in him, and I'm glad that he does. And UNM is a is a slick two and zero out in the Mountain West. Yeah, no, that's awesome to see. Um, I love that. That was the first thing on his resume that you pointed out: two wins over Florida. Um, Omar, I will do want to say a sincere congratulations for getting through our whole quarterback segment without saying the Zach Wilson of the Seven Hills. So, uh, congrats. To you on getting through that. I know you're probably shaking from withdrawal. So good job on that. Um, my my last quarterback, this one's going to peeve you off a little bit. I've got Anthony Richardson, a quarterback from Florida. Uh, three for three, 152 yards, two touchdowns. And then on the ground, he was no less dangerous. Four, rush, uh, four rushes for 115 yards and a touchdown. Man, he is an X factor. He is fun to watch. And uh, man, I'm going to put it on the Instagram story when we talk about this. But man, he made an incredible throw, not off his back foot. Like it was great technique, but it was against his shoulder because he was backing up to the left side and then threw it right in the window there to Jake Copeland. So that was that was awesome to see. I'm impressed with him. Uh, I don't know if he deserves to be the starter or not, but man, I mean, he absolutely slayed it against a bad USF team. But my uh, the guy who I had after Anthony Richardson on my quarterback list was Jerry Bonahan. So better pick than that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know. I know you like Anthony Richardson a lot, and uh, you know, hopefully, he starts this Saturday against Florida or against Al- Alabama. Um, We'll see with that one. That's all I'm going to say about that game. I'm pretty indifferent towards the SEC. And I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I think Bama's going to win. I think I'm not, I'm not trying to get cold t- or freezing cold take. That's my, that's, you literally that's what I just think. said all the, all, that's all I'm going to say. And then five seconds later, you're like, I think Bama's going to win. That, that's what I mean. Come on, man. Like a lot, a lot of people think that I'll, I'll, I'll move on. I'll, I'll move on um, to running backs. <laughs> uh, I'm actually so geez. I say I don't care about the SEC, but I mean, except for a couple of players, and one of those couple of players is Chris Rodriguez, who put on a show. Oh, nice. oh, okay. Oh, I can, I can. This I can why I put it. three running backs down because Chris was one of my guys, but I've got another. One. How could you ignore it? How could you ignore it? Um, I, yeah, Chris I can't, Rodriguez. I can't. Yeah, 207 yards. Um, and we mentioned Terry Wilson leading on that run game. Like, geez, um, 
Mark Stoops has built such a program there out of Kentucky, especially like with the run game, being able to turn out great running backs, 207 yards, um, three touchdowns for against, uh, who is it against Missouri conference game. And Chris Rodriguez is just a bowling ball, man. He's just hard to bring down. And I mean, that's my favorite type of back, honestly, just those, those big guys are just hard to bring down and we'll see um, just throughout SEC play. If, I mean, Kentucky's always competitive. We'll see if they can take it to the next level and actually get to Atlanta. But I'll tell you what, with uh, the way George is playing, it's going to be hard, especially especially Stetson Bennett. You really would have blown a gasket if I, if I picked Stetson Bennett as because I was tempted to pick Stetson Bennett too. You would have blown a gasket. <laughs> I would have. I would have. So, uh, yeah, you can't ignore Chris Rodriguez's performance. He did awesome there against Missouri. Um, yeah, it was, it was good to see. And, man, of course that's our favorite type of running back. It's very Jarrett Patterson-like, at least for that one game. So, you know, it was awesome to see. My first guy, I'm going to keep it within the power five. I'm going to go C.J. Verdell, running back from Oregon. On 20 attempts, he racked up 161 yards and two touchdowns. That's 8.1 yards a carry. Three receptions, 34 yards, another uh, touchdown that way. So three touchdowns. This came against a very good Ohio State team. So we haven't even mentioned that yet. Props to Oregon for going there at 9 a.m. local time and uh, putting the W against Ohio State. Uh, was that Ryan Day's first First regular season loss? I can't remember. It was actually. It was his first regular season okay. loss, which is yeah, crazy. So, I know. It's insane. So, um, yeah, great job to, to Oregon and company going down. Do that without Thebido. So, that's incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, good to see the Ducks doing well. Uh, who's your next back? So, I'm going to go with uh, – didn't do great this week, but I'm going to go with Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. And this is a guy I like. If there's going to be a running back, or I mean, I think this year's a solid year for running backs in the Heisman, really. I think all it's going to take is one slip up by Bryce Young to or Spencer Rattler to lose a Heisman for, for a quarterback. But he had three touchdowns, 120 yards against Southern Illinois. And he's had two back-to-back 100-yard games. And, I mean, Deuce Vaughn, I look at Deuce Vaughn, and maybe it's the purple, but I see Darren Sproles in this modern era. And it's exciting to see. I mean, he catches the ball in the backfield well, averaged 17 yards a catch last year. Uh, I mean, Deuce Vaughn, it might be hard for him to get some pro looks because of his size. But, I mean, Kansas State, they're always they're always prone to pull upsets in the Big 12. So, I mean, he's a sleeper for me at the moment, and he was one of my backs of the week. Man, um, North Dakota State's old – either offensive coordinator or offensive line coach went down to Kansas state. And some of the designs, I remember this from last year specifically, some of the designs that he puts in there for their offensive line is really incredible. I remember going back, it was either 2019 or 2020 when they played, they upset Oklahoma um, when Kansas state upset Oklahoma. Gosh, there were some incredible um, designs by the offensive line that he put in there. That certainly helps uh, all of K-State's backfield. So, yeah, my next guy I'm going to go with is Jerome Ford, uh, running back for Cincinnati. I mean, they've already got a, a quarterback that's absolutely killing it in Desmond Ritter. But with Jerome Ford, 18 attempts, 113 yards, three touchdowns, and a pretty decent 6.3 yards per carry. So uh, Ford's doing a awesome stuff over there alongside Ritter. Yeah, like um, Cincinnati always turns out the backs. Like they, they really do. I mean, like especially in the Fickle era. Just looking back to Fickle era, you got Mike Warren. Uh, I'm not sure if he's still on the Colts. I know the Colts picked him up. I'm not sure if they ended up uh, keeping him for the regular season, 
But you got Michael Warren, Jared Dokes was a really solid back last year. And then now um, they're starting back uh, this year. It, it's it's just great that system they have, how they're able to, I mean, balance the pass and the run. I mean, I guess that's what makes De- Desmond Ritter such a great prospect at, at, at quarterback. Um, so I guess moving on to wide receivers, I'm sure this guy was on your list because it was an absolute, like, amazing performance. But uh, Calvin Austin, six catches, 239, 239 yards, excuse me, and three touchdowns, like, that the Memphis offense is all it's just so weird. It has always been electric, no matter who's coaching it. Fuente, Norvell. Um, I don't even know where their coach is now, honestly. I it slips my mind, but whoever it is, like they're doing they're doing great things at Memphis. And it's a shame that they weren't included in the Big 12 talks because they fit geographically with uh with West Virginia, Cincinnati. Um, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a shame, but they they'll carry on in this what brave an new incredible American. football town in Memphis, too. Like it's awesome. What, what they have there, just the environment is incredible. So, yeah, it, it is disappointing to see them not be not be included. So. Okay, Ryan Silverfield. My apologies to Ryan Silverfield. I pay attention more to the players instead of the coaches, honestly. That, that's a slap on the neck for me right there. But Ryan Silverfield is doing a great job with that offense. And, like, I think, honestly, that's a statement for Arkansas State to also play, you know, you know keep score for score with Memphis, too. So, Yeah, absolutely, man. No, um, so my my first guy at receiver, I mean, he was definitely on my list. I've got a Quentin Johnson, a receiver from TCU, uh, five receptions, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. Johnson with our Johnston, excuse me, with a with a great win over there against Cal. Love seeing these inner interconference power five games too. No, it's great to see. And and this time we had more points in a Cal TCU matchup, which was great. And it was, it was a blessing really. No, uh, no, she's int bowl. She's INT bowl. Um, for my receiver, I'm going to go back to FCS to FCS players. I'm going to go with Xavier Gibson, who in a losing effort against Texas tech had 13 catches for 158 yards for the lumberjacks. Great performance. This week should be even better against Mississippi Valley state, a team that has struggled in the SWAC very lately uh, for the for the past few years actually but it's kind of a shame that they weren't able to I mean you look at the stats from that game their quarterback Trey Self threw for over 350 yards uh Gibson of course had the 13 catch game but they only were able to score uh 20 22 points so you got to think that there's um you know what ifs from that game but great performance by Gibson and what can I say the whack is back baby Yeah, I love it, man. No, the whack is back for sure. I'm gonna go with a guy that I'm. He's building on. He's building a case to be at least looked at for the bill in the cough. I'm gonna go with Jarrett Stearns, a wide receiver from Western Kentucky. This is his second straight week with two touchdowns, which is awesome stuff. Uh, nine receptions, 171 yards, and like I said, two touchdowns. Uh, close loss, but man, he played awesome and. Can't hurt when you've got uh gosh, his name slipping my mind. Uh but the West Yeah, that threw for seven touchdowns a week ago. I, I think that's yeah. pretty good for a quarterback. Um, so yeah, when when you got him throwing you the ball, of course you're gonna catch a couple. Yeah, Stearns was like, I mean, he was making me nervous uh during that comeback effort against Army. Uh, and he was actually catching them over a, a guy that was in my squad when I was a, when I was a squad leader for uh, for cadet basic training. I, I was, it was it's kind of weird how that works out, but um, you know, 
it's very circular, I guess, you know, but uh, yeah, Jared Stearns, I mean, that offense with West Kentucky is absolutely amazing. Um, just everything that it is, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I think um, it'll be definitely, it's, it's, I think it's definitely going to be Marshall and West Kentucky in the Conference USA East for the West. The That's West looks more, like way more wide open because UAB's looked more, I guess, I don't know, it's hard to get a read on UAB, honestly. I mean, I thought they would have been more competitive against Georgia. Uh, but we'll see. This looks like, honestly, it might be UTSA's year with Sincere McCormick and Jeff Trailer out there and Frank Harris, too. I mean, just a loaded team. Uh, but moving on to defense, my first guy I'm going to go with at a game that I attended, uh, the uh, Coastal Carolina-Kansas game. And I'm going to go with, with uh, Alex Spillum, who had six tackles, uh, three solos, two pass breakups, and he had two touchdowns. He scored two touchdowns, one on a block punt. Um, absolutely amazing game out there for on the on the teal turf for Coastal Carolina, and they proved that the last that last year wasn't. Well, I mean, I don't know if they proved it, but at least against Kansas, they proved that a lot. The last two years weren't a fluke, and they're certainly in the thick of the New Year's Six race. It's going to be an uphill battle though because the non-conference schedule didn't help them at all. There's already a little bit of hype surrounding Coastal Carolina after uh, their incredible season last year and that that win but close win uh, against zach wilson uh, if they can carry some of that momentum into media it certainly won't hurt um so yeah man no it's, it's awesome to see coastal carolina doing awesome stuff i'm gonna go with um uh matt hankins uh corner from iowa uh maybe the biggest game of the week last week four total tackles uh two interceptions in the past deflection versus in that win versus iowa state so awesome to see a Hankins do well, not in prime time, but still uh, that big TV slot. Absolutely. Um, it, it was weird seeing the, the keynote game of the week be, be at 3.30. Felt like it was 2004, honestly, if you're asking me before the pre-Saturday Night Football era. But it, it's that's just heart-wrenching for um, Iowa State. Uh, I mean, they, they still can win the conference time, and I, and I do think they will, honestly. Um, but just like to be in the playoff race and everything, uh, it just seems like it's weird that I was the hub that they can't get over. Uh, and I think honestly, it killed Brees Hall's Heisman candidacy and, and Brock Purdy's as well. Cause if there's a running back this year to win it, I think it would have been Brees Hall. Oh yeah, definitely. And at least in the NFL world, like scouts are still, I mean, Brees Hall looks incredible. Um, we'll still sit, we'll still hear plenty of him in the postseason. Uh, as we're as we start looking towards the draft, but yeah, as far as Heisman candidacy, we have to be in an elite, elite, elite level to be a running back and be considered. You can't put him on there, uh, but man, he's going to be considered for all sorts of other stuff. Um, my last guy that I have for defense is Kytra Clark. I hope I'm saying that right. A corner out of Louisville, uh, five tackles, two picks, and a 30, uh, 30 to three win versus Eastern Kentucky. Very, very solid performance. Uh, I mean, a good rebound for Louisville after what happened in the Chick-fil-A kickoff on the Monday night game, for sure. We'll see how they do in the ACC play, um, but just a good rebound game for that program. Um, for, for my second defensive guy, uh, I'm going to go with Jacoby Durant. I think we talked about him a bit in the spring. He had three, he picked off a Quill Glass three times, a Quill Glass, a quarterback that we'll not only see in the HBCU Legacy Bowl, but hopefully the East-West Shrine game with that new partnership that they have with the MIAC and SWAC, where they're picking players of the week for the MIAC and SWAC. Quill Glass is an underrated pro prospect. And uh, Jacoby Durant picked him off three times. This week, he picked off, he had two picks against Clemson, one of them coming against DJ, DJ Uyangalule. 
Um, so an absolute ball hawk to Kobe Durant is it seems like he every every now it seems like every few weeks we hear about him getting a multi-interception game. Uh that's just that's what it feels like. Um yeah, yeah that's that's that's, that's how that's how awesome it feels like. Yeah. So and again, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think you'll be seeing a lot of Kobe Durant because the the MIAC race, there's only six teams, and South Carolina State looks like uh probably the most talented team out of the bunch. I don't know if North Carolina Central has a consistency. Um, so yeah, to Kobe Durant, just just make sure you're watching out for him on those Thursday night HBCU games when, whenever South Carolina State gets a slot. Yeah, whenever anyone other than Jackson State gets a slot, it's definitely something to tune into. Um, real quick, what are your uh, what are your top five of the Heisman following week two? Oh, I'm gonna go out on a limb. So of course it's Bryce Young number one, but number two, I think CJ Verdell. Honestly, like I think he has a huge chance and that's no disrespect towards Anthony Brown because Anthony Brown's great, but I don't think he puts up numbers great enough for a quarterback in a spread scheme to, uh, you know, reach that candidacy for an Oregon team. Even though I lo- I've been an Anthony Brown fan since the Boston College days, he's been a case of, of someone that's been that was misused. I mean, granted, they had A.J. Dillon in that Boston College scheme. But Anthony Brown had so much potential. I mean, he could have been doing more than just handing off to A.J. Dillon in 2017 and 2018 and 2019. But I digress. So I got C.J. Verdell at number two. Number three, I got Michael Pratt. Um, and this this weekend, this Saturday against against Ole Miss, oh, my goodness. Like, this could, like, catapult his Heisman candidacy. Oh he outduels Matt Corral. Like, I'm excited just thinking about it, man. Really excited about it for sure. Um, so that's my number three. I think number four as well, um, it, it's kind of tough because everyone's kind of playing cupcakes, but number four, I got Spencer Rattler. Uh, 76 nothing's hard to ignore, even if it is against Western Carolina. Uh, so that's my number four guy. As for number five, um, I mean, no one's, no one's really stood out as much, but it's hard, it's hard to ignore uh, when someone pops their finger back in, honestly. Um, you know, I got to go Jack Cohen. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's a Heisman moment, man, if I ever seen one. Even, even if, he, if he doesn't, like, win the Heisman. Like, that's, that's a Heisman moment for anyone. Hey, you're not wrong about that. Look like Matthew Stafford out there uh, popping it right back in and then uh, going out there. Um, man, last week I think our top four were the same. This week we are, like, very different. I've got Bryce Young first. Uh, then I've got C.J. Stroud, uh, Ohio State quarterback, obviously. Then I've got Matt Corral at number three, uh, old Miss quarterback. And, um, I mean, he still has a lot to prove once they play Alabama. He'll probably drop off my list. But at least for now, I'm going to continue to put him on. I've got Desmond Ritter at number four. I'm very impressed with Ritter. I like him a lot. I love this Cincinnati team. Um, and man, with them going to the Big 12, it feels like they could actually build something here. And there's a lot of excitement to go around uh, within that program. I wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't have Michael Pratt at number five. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put Pratt a little bit lower than I had him last week. And that is in no way uh, because of his efforts. It's just Ritter and Corral have just really wowed me in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, for Pratt, I, I do understand the, the drop-off there because uh, they did play Morgan State, and that game was, like, pretty, you know, it was over early. So I do understand that. Um, but 
I mean, really, it's an open race, as we all know. And I think I, it's always funny to see who wins the September Heisman. The biggest September Heisman winner for me was Geno Smith back in 2012, uh, having absolutely like world breaking games, but just couldn't seal the deal with West Virginia. Um, and for that matter, I guess even Tavon Austin would be a September Heisman. But uh, it, it's it's a fun race already. Uh, and there's already games that we're pointing to as like key as keynote games in the race, which is always it's always great, really, for the season. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, if this were an NFL podcast, a lot of people would be suggesting that we uh, give Dak Prescott the MVP. So it's uh, it's always, you know, always in September that there are a lot of opinions flying around. We'll, we'll do our best, but man, we're going to look back at this in November and laugh probably. So um, uh, looking forward to, to week three. Um, what are some of the, how many games of the week do you have? Or not games of the week, but games you, you know, are looking forward to watching. Um, at, at least five, because yeah, honestly, five. okay, we we can we, we, we can talk about this, uh, you know, just like short blurbs and everything. But I got actually, I got. Let's see, let's add, let's add eight to that. I got thirteen games because guess who's back? The Ivy League is back, baby. Oh, the best, yeah, the best conference known. in the country is back. Um, you know, I say the half in jest, but I mean it's just absolutely great. Like you look at some of the games in the slate, and not just for the teams in the Ivy League, but who's playing against them, like Harvard, Georgetown. Georgetown upset a Delaware State team that looks that looked solid at times in uh in the spring season. And Georgetown played in the first game of 2019, huge upset on the road uh, against Delaware State. Uh, so Del- you got Georgetown Harvard. You know there, there's there's a little bit of upset potential there. VMI Cornell. Cornell had one of the best defenses in well not one of the best but they had a great defense in 2019. They upset Dartmouth. I mean you remember the game of the century. Uh, the same weekend as LSU-Bama, the other game of the century, Princeton-Dartmouth, undefeated team oh, at yeah. Stadium, a game that I was yeah. at. The next week, Cornell upset Dartmouth at home in Ithaca at Sholkoff. Great defense against the VMI team with Seth Morgan that we talked about in the spring with their air raid. Great game there. You got Penn Bucknell against the defending uh, Patriot League uh, division champs Bucknell, which, I mean, they're not playing like it. But uh, anyway, so the Ivy League is back, and I am very excited. So that's, like, the first grouping of games I'm excited for. You bet, like, I'm going to be – I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great day for me. I'm just going to say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that would be fun. Always love a little Ivy League action. Uh, my first game, I'm going to go with Cincinnati at Indiana. Uh, that's going to be noon Eastern time on ESPN. Uh, you could really call this Desmond Ritter versus Mike Penix because Desmond Ritter, as I've mentioned before, has been lights out so far this year. Penix is coming off, I mean, a good game against Idaho, but nothing mind-blowing. I think it was only a couple touchdowns. And uh, Desmond Ritter is looking looking great. So I'm excited to see Penix hopefully bounce back. I think Cincinnati gets the win, but I, I really want to see how Mike Penix plays against a team that is really on fire Indiana wearing a 1980s throwbacks for that game, also of note. Oh, are they uh, really? Yeah, great, great yeah. uniform matchup right there. I'm tempted to buy a jersey when it gets cheaper. Um, maybe next year when it gets down to 40 bucks on eBay. I tempted. Um, but my next game, I'm going FCS heavy because honestly, I think the FCS slate is way more impressive than this third week slate's kind of kind of a bit of a lull, if I'm being honest with you, just looking at these games. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of HBCU classics I'm liking, uh, especially uh, the Nation's Classic uh, in Washington D.C. at the former home of the uh, the D.C. Defenders Audi Field, which I mean of course home of the D- of D.C. United. 
but it'll be there. Howard Hampton, one of the great rivalries in college football in HBCU football. And I got to ask Jackson, does the name Jet Duffy ring a bell to you? Does not. Who is that? Oh, Jet. Du- okay. Well, Jet Duffy started quarterback for Texas tech until 2019. Uh, that, that's why oh, I asked. Okay. Yeah. Oh, with okay. the dreads. Yeah. He's now Hampton's starting quarterback and oh, he's hit a, a bit of a rough patch. Yeah. He's hit a bit of a rough patch. I went seven of 16 for 83 yards against old dominion. Of course, they were huge dogs against Old Dominion. Howard's looking to find their way um, again. They they had a they had a blowout loss to blowout losses to Richmond and um, excuse me Maryland. But this game will be on national TV, NBC Sports Network. I'm pulling out the Buffalo Burgers for the Howard Bison. I'm also pulling out the Pirate Popcorn for Hampton. Should be an exciting oh, game. Man. Oh yeah, no, I I you can get anyone hyped up about that game for sure. Uh, <laughs> Man, I'm looking forward to uh, another game. I'm looking forward to Purdue at Notre Dame. Uh, that's going to be 2.30 Eastern on uh, on NBC. It's also going to be on Peacock. You subscribe to that streaming service. Uh, Purdue's beat a Pac-12 team in Oregon State. They also shut out UConn last week, 49-0. You may say those wins aren't very impressive. Well, an overtime win versus FSU and a close win against Toledo also isn't very impressive. So uh, my guy to watch for is that. Jake Plummer, uh, Purdue's quarterback, a ridiculous 74% completion percentage, 558 yards and six six touchdowns, no interceptions on the year. So he has had a a very quiet but very good year. And uh, I'm excited to see what Plummer and company can do against Notre Dame. I think think it's – isn't it Jax Plummer? I thought thought it was Jax Plummer or something else. Uh, I I could be wrong. Oh, wait. Did I type that – Hey, 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 Jake, Jake well, the Snake was cool, man. No, Jake the Snake was the man. He was cool and all, but uh, yeah, Jack um, Plummer. Jack Plummer. It is Jack Plummer. My apologies to Jake Plummer and Jack Plummer. Uh, I don't know if there's any relation to it, but yeah. Oh, no, no. He, that's his son. That's his son. That, that's Jake Plummer's son. Yeah. Oh, snap. I did not know that. So I meant to say Jake Plummer's son. That's, that's what I was trying to get at. So, yeah, uh, I typed that wrong. Uh, it's been a long day. So, yeah, but Jack Plummer, uh, quarterback for Purdue. So, and his name, uh, regardless, does not affect his completion percentage, which is insane. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, what's your uh, What's your next one? I'm going to take a break from, of course, the the role from the FCS. I'm, that doesn't mean I'm done, though, but – you got a couple games, um, you know, that are, you know, harking back old memories of old conferences, Boston College, Temple, good old Big East days. Uh, and, of course, Nebraska, Oklahoma. And just, I know Nebraska's hit a rough patch, but just for the historical value of that game, everything that that game used to mean on the college football calendar, it's just good to see it back on again. It, it's it's great. Uh, and, and on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century, uh, if you do anything before this weekend, rewatch highlights of that game, especially – Johnny, the Jet Rogers punt return. Uh, oh my goodness, what a what a play, man! What a what a game, really. That that game stands the test of time. An exciting game that would hold up today. Yeah, definitely, man. No, I'm excited to see that one. That'll be that'll be fun to watch for sure. My next one, I'm gonna keep it in the Power Five. Virginia at North Carolina. Uh, that's gonna be 7:30 Eastern on the ACC Network. We've already talked a little bit about that. Something that I thought was really interesting: Virginia has not won a road game since 2019. They lost all of their road games last year, uh, and they're like very good at home. They've got one of the best home records in the nation. 
Um, but they have struggled on the road as of lately. So that's going to be interesting to see. North Carolina, it's kind of a, a disappointing season already with that week zero loss against Virginia Tech. Um, so it, North Carolina, I mean, there were people talking about like not maybe not playoff aspirations, but they were talking about, you know, uh, New Year's six. So kind of a disappointing year already. We'll see if uh, North Carolina can stay strong after their, their cupcake one a little bit ago. I mean, again, and like we said earlier, like that could be a huge game for um, the ACC Coastal because North Carolina with two losses, they would be eliminated this early because, I mean, and that and yeah, that's before yeah, they play sure. Pitt. Yeah, that's before they play Pitt too. I mean, Pitt's always on the edge of a breakout. I mean, even this year with Kenny Potter yeah. entering what seems to be his millionth year of eligibility, um, you know, the, the Pitt's, Pitt's experience. And, and I mean, I, I want to see them break through. I guess for my next game, uh, I'm going to ch- actually, I'm going to check first. And you got this on your list. We talked about Ole Miss Tulane. I mean, I'm just going to mention it just to make sure that we, that it, that's on our list. But again, huge game for Mike Pratt. It's, it's Mike Pratt versus Matt Corral quarterback duel. It what doesn't more get much want? better. It doesn't get much better than that. So, I mean, that's my brief preface of that right there. Um, a sneaky good game on ESPN two is coastal Carolina versus Buffalo. Uh, yeah. Buffalo, we know what they did last year. And this game's at Buffalo, too. It's not on a teal turf. It's not, yeah, it's not in Conway. So, I mean, you have them going up to New York, kind of a long trip. I, I mean, Coastal Con is a two-touchdown favorite. I wouldn't be surprised if that, I mean, if if Buffalo covers because they got a nice downhill run game. They, they play Coastal Carolina's game, really. I mean, running the ball, playing solid defense. I mean, they're, they held Nebraska to 28 points, and the game was seemed closer than that for most of it. So a sneaky good game at 12 o'clock that I implore implore you to watch, Coastal Carolina Buffalo. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be something that I'm keeping an eye on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, compared to the South Carolina Heat, and then you go up to, to Western New York, yeah, that's going to be a difficult game to win. Um, what, what time of day is it at? It's at 12 on ESPN2. So it's okay. in that, the so new not, spot seems loaded. Too late and cold, but it still could be a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. So my next one, I'm gonna go with Alabama at Florida. Um, that's gonna be 3:30 Eastern on CBS. Um, there are really, really two main reasons why I think this could be an interesting game. Just hear me out, Omar. Um, well, first, uh, I guess three reasons. First, it's supposed to rain a lot on Saturday, Omar. That's not too good. And um, a little bit of football philosophy pop quiz. Do you think you run the ball more? Or do you think you pass the ball more uh, when it starts raining? Just I mean, in a spread offense, I would think you pass. I think I think I'm, I think you're trying to set me up. I think in a spread offense, you pass the ball more. I was trying to set you up and you yeah. fit. So I'm gonna go with run. Omar, do you know what team has more rush yards than anyone else in the nation, including Army? With all oh, that's my first guess. Other- it's it's not Navy because Navy ran for 36 yards last week. Sorry, that's my one Navy shot. <laughs> anyway, anyway yeah, Florida. Okay. Again, you guys said 700 yards off. Yeah, it's, it's Florida. Yeah, they, they lead the, the nation in, uh, in, in rush yards, which is crazy. Alabama, last time I checked, was ranked 119th in, uh, in rush yards. Uh, you know what else Alabama is ranked low in? They're 121st in third down percentage on defense. So there are 120 teams that are better at third down defense than Alabama. So I'm just, I'm just saying those are two very interesting. Uh, if Florida can run, can ten, if they can, if they can continue to run the ball well, especially if it gets a little rainy out there, 
And on third down, if they can finish out against a not elite third down defense by Alabama, they could keep this close and certainly cover a 14 and a half point spread. So I'm just throwing those two things out there. There's something to watch on Saturday. Because I know you're planning to watch SEC football all day, Omar. So Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, you yeah. got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm going to go on the complete opposite end of the spectrum towards my next game. I, can't, <laughs> I, I think – I think, I think the timing is perfect because I'm going to go with another HBCU classic. I'm going with this this time a D2 team's playing. Um, you got Tennessee State, Kentucky State in the Circle City Classic at Lucas Oil. And that game has a lot of history. They've been playing in Indianapolis from the RCA Dome all the way up to Lucas Oil since the 80s. It's a great classic. And, I mean, you got two nearby teams, Kentucky State, the Thoroughbreds, and Tennessee State, who have struggled a bit. Uh, with Eddie George at the helm. It's amazing. I, I mean, Tennessee State's played three neutral side games in their first three weeks. Like, wild but Kentucky State they have the same amount of home wins as Ohio State or they have the same amount of wins at Ohio Stadium as Ohio State as in week zero they beat Central State in the classic for Columbus at the horseshoe and they will end with a better win percentage than Ohio State at at Ohio Stadium that should be noted but they also got a great running back they have a great run game um they they ran for over 300 yards against Central State in that week zero game. They have a guy that's played college football since 2015. This man loves college in Brett's in Brett uh, Silve, and he is a he's twice been first team All SIAC as a running back and kick returner. Ran for 1,088 yards in 10 games in 2019. Of course, 2020 Kentucky State did not play football uh, this year. A bit of a slow start. Uh, he only has 116 yards in two games, but that is a player to look out for in the, and this is a first time reference to this award, the Harlan Hill trophy for division two player of the year. So uh, uh, a sneak, uh, a sneaky candidate for that award. Yeah, definitely, man. You stole my game. That was next Starn. Uh That was the next one on my list. So if that, if that, that back-to-back uh, picks for games to watch this next week, doesn't explain our relationship. I don't know what does. Um, a, a powerhouse uh, power SEC matchup, and then we go to D2 HBC Classic. So that, that's awesome. Um, my last game of the week, I'm going to go, hear me out, okay? I'm going to go with UConn at Army. It's going to be 12 Eastern on the CBS Sports Network. UConn, 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 UConn got absolutely embarrassed by Purdue 49-0. They're benching Zach uh our jack zergiotis zergiotis jackson you got to get one of these hard names sometime man you got to get one of these hard names sometime man i know man i don't know what my mouth is i'm like screwing literally everything up uh krajewski uh the two quarterbacks that started before i think the third change is the charm back Lobster biscuits for closers they should stop by grant hall and get some microwave lobster biscuit afterward because they're gonna close and get their first you're saying UConn's gonna beat Army, Jack? That that's that is unacceptable, man. I'm I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna entertain that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about my last two games. Um, so I got I got Arizona State BYU. Um, Jaron Hall is absolutely killing it for for BYU this year. Absolutely killing it. Three touchdowns, no picks, and a huge win against Utah. Um, for certain reasons, I I'm not much of a Utah fan. For certain reasons, as a Jackson and Marshall know, but I digress. So that one's a, a huge after dark game at 10 15. Um, You're not going with uh, with Charlie Brewer and company in that? No, no, no. I'm, no, 
just you, you know why <laughs> no, anyway anyway i do i do anyway um, <laughs> it does not have to do with football so yeah that's one game and also too a game i like as well uh texas tech struggled with stephen f austin so fiu texas Man, tech looks like a good come on well no i'm just saying because i like their running back a lot Devonte price isn't yeah. i mean he's I, I mean he's a great back he's got 276 yards and 28 carries in his first two games um, granted he had like 30 yards per carry week one against, against Long Island. Like, I mean, his yards per carry stats are juice. Cause he had five carries for 165 yards and three touchdowns against Long Island in week one. But, uh, just, I mean, he's a great back. And it, when it comes to upsets against teams that score a lot of points, like Texas tech, what do you have to do? Run down the clock, keep control of the ball, keep the defense off the field. That's a recipe for an upset. I think, um, you know, It'll be closer than expected, 20-point spread. So that, that's one to watch, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, may, I mean, it's at the same time as Saturday Night Football, so maybe you won't watch it. But anyway. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, no, that'll, that'll be fun to watch. Hey, I have multiple screens for a reason. I'll definitely keep an eye on it there. Yeah, but those, those were all my games of the week. I will say with Texas Tech, I, man, I'm trying to find the name of the receiver that has it, but they have a receiver that leads the nation in receiving yards um has only caught one touchdown of the year ironically but is it uh, uh izukanma eric izukanma it might be i'm struggling to find the name right here but yeah no, i got it um you got it oh, yeah nice. he's got 13 catches for 322 yards yeah which is insane so yeah if if they can keep that up i, I like tech for a w right there but we'll we'll see man it'll be it'll be awesome to watch loaded saturday we got pretty much all the cupcake games out of the way. I mean, there are a handful left for this week, but not that many, not nearly as many as last week. So it'll be fun to watch. We're getting into the season, you know, into the the real meat, uh, because there have been some great games like, you know, uh, Ohio State, Oregon, Clemson, Georgia, that really given us a lot to chew on, but it's not much depth, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at for the past couple weeks. So that'll be awesome to see as we're getting into that this week. We've got depth this week. We've got several top 25 matchups. So it's exciting. I mean, I mean, for me, I get I the schedule seemed kind of kind of bleak for me, I think. I mean, you have your you have your couple of games, but I guess like the the spot, the main spotlight game being uh being Auburn Penn State kind of kind of was a bit of a turnoff. But yeah, there there's an insane amount of ranked games. Like even uh, what I mentioned, BYU Arizona State, that's a ranked game. Yeah, Auburn Penn State, of course. Of course, you you mentioned right. Florida, Alabama. Um, Cincinnati, Indiana would have been a ranked matchup if, if they beat Iowa, but Iowa, like fifth in the country, hottest team out there, uh, shades of 2015. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, I think that's a great point that, you know, we're starting to get those depth where like these games, we're starting to fill teams out more, see who's for real and who's not in terms of conference races. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good time. We're starting to see it. As far as depth, I was talking about the Ivy league, but, um, I guess if you want to take that Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that that's enough sarcasm for me, um, and enough sarcasm and bias for me. You got anything else to add, Omar? No, I don't. I don't think so. Just um, you know, enjoy the Ivy League games. You know, give a give a hearty old. My adopted Ivy League team is Yale. Been to the elbow twice, and I love the fight song. Bulldog, bulldog, bow wow wow, Eli Yale. So that's all I'm gonna say. Just, just here, get ready to hear that. But it's it's against Holy Cross. So hopefully, they don't hopefully they don't play it too much. Yeah, ho- hopefully so. Hopefully <laughs> Zach Wilson, the Seven Hills, can can uh, figure out how to get a W there. So, 
Yeah, I, I will say this. 2007, fit and field with my dad in the stands, and we watched Holy Cross Yale, and they had this running back, Mike McLeod, ran the ball 40 times for 256 yards, and my dad and I just looked at each other, just completely lost, like why why they could not stop this guy. But he, <laughs> to this day, Mike McLeod is still running towards uh, towards the highway that surrounded uh, fit and field, that surrounds fit and field. Like, he's still running in my nightmares. <laughs> yeah, man, well, that yeah, that – Man, I'm excited to see all the games this weekend, including that one. And, um, man, it'll be fun. Um, man, I think that's it for me. Um, I guess right before you close out, Florida State lost to Jacksonville State in 1980. So that's all for me. Oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you that you saved it to the end. I'm, I'm proud it of really, you. Man. Yeah, it was tough. And I couldn't even make a joke because I was too excited. I was like, yeah, that one's not good enough. I have to wait. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not a big Florida State joke guy as, as I as I was about to close. I'm always rooting for Mackenzie Milton. So but it does show I I'm pulling for Milton too. It's an awesome story that he has, but it shows that maybe Tiger wasn't an issue. Maybe this goes a little bit deeper. So that's what I'm saying, because Taggart's doing fine right now with FAU. Oh um, yeah, he's doing he's doing great stuff in um at FAU. Yeah. So um so yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll leave you with that to ponder. Uh, what the problem really is down in Tallahassee. But until next time, until next week, peace, love, and soul, everyone.